parents shouldn't be allowed within a thousand feet of a Little League field. They shouldn't be allowed to do anything about it. They shouldn't be allowed to talk to coach. Nothing. They should not be involved. Yeah, and, and or so their children. That's how my family felt. <laughs> Here you go. You like you know you can have all the mashed potatoes you want at Old Country Buffet. Deal. <laughs> Here you go. Here's some books no one will read until they get popular in 2013. They're going to make a TV show. (laughs) You'll hate it. God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian Cinema, because if we didn't, Eli would release the video. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thank you, sir. And sitting 989 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I just want to remind everybody I have backup copies. It's like the firm. If something happens to me, the video gets released anyways. <laughs> it's connected directly to his heart and uh, YouTube. Uh, so... Tell us, Heath, what are we going to be breaking down today? All right. We watched Mercy Rule, which uh, I would describe as the most anti-environment baseball movie I've ever seen, <laughs> um, which was interesting. It's also the whitest baseball movie oh, yes. I've ever seen. Kind of makes Kirk Cameron like the uh, Jackie Robinson of racist baseball movies. <laughs> and um, I'd also say this is the most libertarian baseball movie I've yeah. ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Never gets addressed directly like this, but the general theme kind of felt like, you know, uh, the blacks can make a league of their own if they want. <laughs> kind of, you know. It was subtle, though. It was subtle. It's, the, it's not, not like I'm making it sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, subtle. Subtle was the word I used to describe <laughs> this movie as well. <laughs> so, Heli. Heli? That's for, that's for calling Ashley Abby. I'm going to call you Heli. There we go. So, Eli, <laughs> how bad was this movie? Well, if you ever thought to yourself, man, I wish Kirk Cameron would use professional cameras and months and months of other people's time to film his home movies and children's Little League games, then (laughs) man is mercy rule for you because that's exactly what this movie is. It's just Kirk Cameron using very, very high quality cameras and enough lens flare to kill J.J. <laughs> to film his own movies. Interesting fact, this is also the least Christian movie we have seen. That it is. That it is. If if Kirk hadn't cut in before the movie to tell us we were about to watch his movie and that there was faith in it, we may not have known this was a Christian movie at all. Yeah, it's a terrible movie, and I don't feel bad, but it is the least Christian movie we've seen. Yeah, no, Jesus never even gets a mention. Yeah. Um, and if you want an idea how bad this movie is going in, here's the tagline. I checked this out. This is what showed up on the poster. And there wasn't a poster, but had there been a poster, there is no quit in family. <laughs> yes. You know, you know how there's no I in team, but there is an I in family. Uh, yeah, so there's can... an I and a my and a fail. So yeah, I, th- I think he has it wrong. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Okay, so uh, this occurred to me late last night as I was trying to fall asleep, and hopefully you guys can help me out with it. Can the following two statements simultaneously be true? Number one, I have made good decisions in my life. Number two, I have seen Kirk Cameron's entire filmography now. (laughs) I think think it's a tautology. I don't think you can say one without the other. (laughs) I also had this thought. 
Do you think Kurt called Leonardo DiCaprio to congratulate him on that Oscar? Oh no, his uh, uh he's growing pains. Numbers yeah. been blocked for years. <laughs> hey, remember, remember when I was billed over you? I was billed over you once, bitch. Remember oh, that? Oh man, you gotta stop using that Star eighty nine, man. I gotta. I'm gonna call the cops again, Kurt. Don't do that. Come on. We have a fun thing we do. He calls the cops and files a lawsuit, and I jerk off into a bag and mail it to him. <laughs> the Lord told me to. Racism's okay. He has to taste it first to make sure that it's not poison. That's right. As long as I do it into a bag, it's not against the rule of Onan. You just can't that's, let it hit the floor. That's right. That's why I have them all bagged and cataloged in my basement. A lot of people don't know that's actually what the song Let the Bodies Hit the Floor is based on. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Very religious people over there. <laughs> well, I, I mean, obviously we can't throw around exciting terms like Kirk Cameron and locally owned waste disposal services and then expect you to contain yourself for long. So we're going to pause for a quick break. And when we come back, we'll break down the 115 minute Little League montage that is Mercy Rule. Hi. I'm No Illusions. And I'm Eli Bosnick. And I'm Heath Enright. And there's nothing we like more than listening to podcasts. Except for blowjobs. Giving sure. and getting. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. But there's nothing better on my drive to work. Or when I'm working out. Or when I'm doing science in the lab. Than listening to our favorite podcasts that include... The Eli Bosnick story. Commentary on the sporting prowess of the characters in a movie. And, of course, puppy rape jokes. That's why we're so excited to present you with episode 32 of God Awful Movies. Better yet, I got to do this one with my wife. Oh, hell no. I'm not going to watch that piece of shit. Never mind, but Heath is here. I sure am. So enjoy our podcast, because I know you're going to love it. Podcast. Podcast. Crank it up. Love it. And we're back for the breakdown. And because Kirk Cameron knows that everybody starts his movies thinking, I don't know about this shit, we're going to open the film by trying to convince you to watch it. <laughs> he opens the movie that you're watching with a pitch for the movie. I mean, he might as well have opened the movie with, no, 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 don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. I know it's me. I know it's me. But just give me a chance. Give me a chance. I'm not even going to talk about Jesus in this one. I'm not even going to talk about it. We just eat food and play baseball, huh? Mostly ice cream and pizza, yes. Which, which is the first indication, and I'm gonna talk about this a lot. This movie is just so that there's light and movement on a television screen. I'm, yes. This is the music for dogs of cinema. And it's just like things to play so that it doesn't freak out that you're not home. The movie. Yeah. Also, by the way, Kirk Cameron looks more and more like Jamie Lee Curtis every day. And I don't mean in like a good way or a bad way. He just legitimately looks like Jamie Lee Curtis more and more. Yeah. I wrote, you could push your thumb into Kirk Cameron's eye without him feeling it. He'd just be like, what's going on, guys? Hey, guys. One of the units went black. <laughs> Do we need to replace it again? Ray. <laughs> Also, I just want to throw out there, the uh, producers for this were Cam Fam, which is very clearly just like his home movies, mm -hmm. and yep. Hero 4 Baby. Hero yes. number four, <laughs> Baby. And so I wrote in my notes, nobody puts Hero 4 Baby in the corners. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. And it, here's the sad fucking thing. This is the second Cam Fam production that we've watched. We have watched his fucking home movies before, <laughs> and we came back for more. And and here's the clever way they managed to work in the exposition. 
we meet Kirk Cameron's character while there's a documentary film crew following him around, (laughs) talking to him about who he is and who started his scrapyard. That was how they figured, oh, you know how we could, you know, we could work in my background. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We've been running this yard for 50 years. Also, I would characterize myself as an old fashioned type of guy. (laughs) Nostalgic about the past. I really like Atlas Shrugged, except for the atheist parts. (laughs) Is that what you asked? Oh, I wrote my, when they revealed they were scrappers, I was like, oh man, if Kirk Cameron and his son rape and kill a reporter, I'm going to be awesome. I'm going to be so psyched up. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. This movie could have been better. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we catch him talking to another guy about his character bio, um, who is so unimpressed. Okay. So now this bad, this is the bad guy that he's talking to. We'll, we'll find out later. But like, I think three times in this opening scene, he just like wipes hand sanitizer on himself. Right. Just like in random places. He's not like, he hasn't even touched anything. Like, I'm going to wipe some of this on my face. Yeah. This place is gross. He just wears a suit, which is like super fucking dumb, guys. There's like three references in this 12 second scene of him being like, can't help but notice you're wearing a fag suit. Why are you wearing a fucking fag suit, you fucking fag? Anyways, come on into my garbage disposal yard. <laughs> yes, like this movie had a very 11 year old kid attitude towards suits, yeah. but, uh. <laughs> Don't wanna! <laughs> so then, so yeah, they go inside to, uh, to do more interview about the scrapyard or whatever. Uh, which, by the way, is called Dante's Scrapyard. Yes. Dante, uh-huh. really, run by John, every Christian man. Real- <laughs> No, it's John Miller. Sorry, Kirk Cameron's playing John Miller, much more subtle. Yeah, yeah, right. John Miller, John Milton, Paradise Lost, Dante, Divine Comedy, right. Symbolism, We Know Smart Books. <laughs> I, I, have, I, I bet he would have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, the closest <laughs> Kirk Cameron has gotten to Paradise Lost is he saw the cover at a Barnes & Noble and pissed himself and ran to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you found it though, didn't you? You found it afterwards? <laughs> And there's this great moment where he goes, so you manage waste. And he goes, that's not waste. Waste is something that someone doesn't have use for anymore. And I wrote in my notes, was your mother a waste? Was your grandmother a waste? He's a waste SJW. And he's like, junkyard, you mean scrapyard, you racist. Uh, J-word, please. Check your not garbage privilege. Yeah, right, right. Um, they also and and the libertarian lean in this movie starts really quickly as well because he goes like uh, so how much of your business is subsidized by the government and he goes I don't take no government handouts we take we make build everything we have from the ground up we we'll don't this- take no nigger subsidies <laughs> we make our own way he actually says we make our own way like God and, and George, George Washington, Washington. Yes. and <laughs> David Barton wow oh. it's the same guy that's the same guy. This is this is Ben, by the way. This is uh, Kirk Cameron's brother, who we just met. Yes, Kirk Cameron's brother, who stuff. is played by that Christian comedian who makes you want to kill yourself. If you ever get a chance, what's this guy's <laughs> real name? Oh, Tim I have something. no idea. He looks like Bryce Blankenagle raped the fucking buzzards from the Robin Hood cartoon. <laughs> he wrote the Chick Fil A jingle, people. <laughs> He's a musical <laughs> Christian comedian. The two oh. words that you can put in front of comedian uh. that make me want to kill myself with a t-shirt. Gun. Like, does he's he also bu- use props? <laughs> yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he's brutal. Yeah, he looks like uh, Eric Stoltz right after he massacred a movie theater in Colorado. <laughs> rough-looking gentleman. He looks like a cartoon devil's older, less cool brother. <laughs> 
Oh, God, yeah. And every time he was on the screen, I just wanted to rub feces on my own body. Um, so, like, we end this scene, too, with the evil suit guy going, oh, and by the way, how did your father die? And that's supposed to be the, oh, something's up line. But it's like everything he's asked you up to this point has been really fucking weird if he was doing a documentary right. about your scrapyard. Also, why – what does that have to do with – that never comes back. That never pays off, right? There's so much of this movie that's like that. But, yes, that right. never makes – there's never a reason why he would have asked that. Right. The, so I'm not – so we learn early in this monologue, but we're going to hear about Pops. And Pops seems to be racist Walt Disney full of old-timey wisdom character. By the way, racist Walt Disney is a <laughs> yeah, little more sorry, a more yeah. racist, less racist? I don't know. How, did Pops funnel money to the Nazis, allegedly? I'm trying to – who froze their so. head to escape the Jews? I'm trying to – I get all confused. <laughs> but for whatever reason – so are we supposed to think that Kirk Cameron's dad is Pops or Kirk Cameron's wife's dad was Pops? I think Kirk Cameron's dad was Pops. Yeah, 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 because it's Ben. So we ben's see dad him too, so. old and dying of old person disease. So the que- that never comes back. He, but Kirk Cameron gets up like it's going to turn out that you know Kirk Cameron murdered him, or that he died from like falling into the thing in the scrapyard or something. Which yeah, exactly. Would be amazing. Billionaire Only money. I remake <laughs> this movie where he just gets like eaten by junkyard dogs. <laughs> and that's just one of the overheads that the little boy does. He's like, I remember when Pop Pops made Growly angry. Oh, my God, get it off me, get it off me. <laughs> he did not have a lot of wisdom during that moment. <laughs> <laughs> did not say many memorable things, although I learned a bunch of new words. And then we cut to the credits proper, which was made via your movie for the Commodore 128. I mean, like, it literally, like, you basically, it literally has the little peel away thing, and then there's a little frame, and then there's little chalk things writing out the credits and shit. Yeah. Like, this was literally done on just, like, you know, whatever, standard fucking Windows movie Yeah, maker. this is very clearly now iDVD in its best yeah. possible yeah. form. <laughs> also, we learned that uh, Walt, uh, Grandpa was like, Walt Disney had been made out of tree bark. Yeah, what? So I wrote my notes. My grandpa was like Walt Disney made out of garbage. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, also, the big sister will do the only thing that she does in this entire film for the first time in this movie, which is the big sister does commentary of whatever anyone's doing like it's sports. Yeah. So for the first time, she's now going to say, here we go. Jimmy, what's his name, steps up to the plate, except she reacts to every conceivable situation. I want a whole movie about her where she just dictates the terrible things in her life. Like her mom dies in a car crash and she's at the funeral. She gets up to give them the uh, eulogy and she's like, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, and Karen Cameron is no longer on the field. Boo! I can't do anything That's else. That's the only way I can speak. Now coming to the stage to do the eulogy. <laughs> this call the bullpen was brought to you by. Oh Jesus! And and also, by the way, of course, during the credits, we're having a like rolling in the grass family fight. You know, like um, 
I, I think, honestly, Kirk Cameron spends way too much time roughhousing with that little boy for me to be comfortable <laughs> with this film. I wrote in my notes later on, there is no amount of trust that I would attribute Kirk Cameron to roughhouse with my yeah, child. Yeah, no shit. On or off camera. <laughs> it's, it's like renting your kid out to uh, Michael Jackson, only you don't get as much money. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, what are you talking about? This guy's going to teach him all about the inner workings of the subway company. It's going to be great. <laughs> teach him how they make the sandwiches. Why is he crying? I also enjoyed a uh, little bit of the the sisters trash trash talk while uh, the brothers throw throw in at the uh, the little street sign that he's yeah. using to practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes. Uh, he throws a pitch. She goes. It didn't curve. It didn't slide. And it wasn't fast. Grandma could hit that. And I wrote, Grandma can hit a changeup. That's impressive. <laughs> wow, <laughs> keeps her weight back. Nice. And then we find out she's dead. And uh, the trash talk got a lot darker. Yeah. <laughs> well, he whispers that to her. He goes, Grandma's dead. <laughs> and she's like, she still could have hit that pitch, which wasn't funny. It was just yeah, no, dark. It's just, like, yeah. But at dark. this point, the frame had been there long enough that I wrote in my notes, I hope the frame stays here for the whole film, the IDVD movie. I yeah. just wanted the entire two-hour film to be that. I was like writing in my notes. I'm like, I bet they use every single effect on IV- IDVD here. I bet we get every single one of them. I've, I've got a little checklist going. We get most of them. But then dad comes home, and when dad comes home, it's time for a grapefruit fight. Yes, yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Just imagine throwing a full-sized grapefruit as hard as you can at a child. Or even kind (laughs) of lightly, you know, just even like lobbing a grapefruit at someone. (laughs) They're softballs. He just... There's no, they can't even stage it in the movie. They very clearly like throw them around each other. Cause if you threw a grapefruit at someone, they would be like, Oh, you broke one of my ribs. Like, yeah, this was a terrible idea. We should have done anything but this. Yeah. So they roll around in the grass and then they have a grapefruit fight. Oh, and, and then we meet mom and boy, did she hold up, huh? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Disagree. She does not. Disagree. She looks like Zelda from Pet Cemetery. My <laughs> God, that woman. I just wanted to like feed her a cracker every time she was on screen. She looked like the chicken lady from Kids in the Hall. <laughs> she did. <laughs> if you're looking for work, Chelsea, we might have something for you. And then we cut over to them snuggling by the pool. Yeah, right. The uh like hey honey, now that I'm paying you, you have to pretend that you like it when I touch you scene between Kirk and his real life wife Chelsea Noble, <laughs> who by the way was built uh, like and everything she's ever done it's been Chelsea Noble in this movie. She built herself as Chelsea Cameron. <laughs> Cam fam, you know. Also, by the way, no infinity pool? Not impressed. This guy's supposed to be the heir to a scrapyard fortune, <laughs> we're supposed to believe. <laughs> Come on. Where's the hammock? <laughs> and I love to. Okay, so this is basically how we meet the uh, characters. The 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 uh, wife turns to the husband and says, "What did we do to deserve perfect?" And like yeah. your your husband runs a garbage yard, honey. I mean, I'm not trying to like belittle that profession. It's important <laughs> and all, but that's not perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how did we live in this paradise where you crush metal and then melt it down? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> also, he says. Oh, you know what would make this better is a cigarette. Oh, yeah. He goes, you know what would make tonight great? Pause. And I wrote in my notes, say blowjob, say blowjob. You can win me back, Kurt. If I just get to watch Chelsea try and get the tip in her mouth without throwing up, I'm into it. 
You will have no bigger Patreon supporter than me, Kirk Cameron. I got to be honest. I was feeling the same way about Kirk Cameron trying to smoke a cigarette. It's <laughs> like, oh, please, please make that motherfucker smoke a cigarette in this movie. He never does. But I could just imagine be like giving a cigarette to a six year old. He hits it like a joint. <laughs> man, this is some good shit. No, man, you only say that after weed. After what? <laughs> it goes in the, this goes in the mouth right i'm so high right now that's the burning end yeah. i know you're stabbing <laughs> yourself in the eye it's not hey okay who puts it out on my penis my dad's not here yes <laughs> actually by the way his dad was there i just want to point out kirk's dad makes a cameo in this movie i'll point it Ooh, out really? what happens Aww. yeah and okay so then it's late that night everybody's trying to go to bed but the kid is up in the yard, still throwing baseballs at a trampoline because apparently that's all the kid does, right? Yeah. Kirk wakes up, hears him doing that, and goes, oh, good. The kid's out in the yard by himself at 2 a.m., smiles, <laughs> and goes back to bed. Uh, my child has <laughs> obsessive-compulsive disorder. But I got to mention – Holy shit, this kid has actually played baseball. Yes. Amazing. Oh. He was throwing it correct. Like, he was kind of short arming the pitch a little bit, but I'm splitting hairs. He has played baseball. Awesome. In comparison to our other movies where he would be throwing it backwards. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> Holding it between his teeth and trying to chuck it with his neck. Yeah, exactly. That's a frisbee. Doesn't matter. I'm going to strike out the goalie. <laughs> And uh, so now we cut to our, our first of 79 uh, being at the baseball game scenes. And the way we're going to get there is them getting out of the Jeep, but doing it gangsta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this was ridiculous. The shot would have been appropriate if the reservoir dogs were about to kill some zombies at a Little League field. <laughs> that would have been then a reasonable way to start this scene. If not, no. And it's not. Yeah. This movie is gangsta the way your mom saying Ricky Ricky Raw is gangster <laughs> throughout. Throughout, just imagine your mom. You've seen that Canadian lady doing her anti-trans rap. It's about that gangster. That's that's the level of super fly we're looking at in this film. I could just imagine the whole this whole movie. I'm imagining this too. Kirk Cameron standing over the shoulder of the editor, going, "Can you do that thing where it's like slow motion, but we still move fast and stuff? Can you do that?" Can you yeah, do that? Kirk. Do you have Comic Sans? Can you do it in Comic Sans? Can you do? You so smell like blood. Why do you smell so strongly of blood? Not the question, friend. <laughs> that explains why he did it anyway. Also, all the teams have uh, like real baseball team names. So like the team, the main team's the Pirates, but the first team they play is the Mets. And I wrote, oh, that's no fair. Now we know they're going to win by default. Uh, not if they're playing the Pirates, but yeah. Uh, the pirates are pretty pretty strong these yeah, days. Yeah, that's so fucking so are weird. So the Mets I, actually weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wayne I just, Gretzky. I, I still not. I'm still not expecting it. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> I used up my sports. <laughs> I used up my sports. <laughs> I thought you wouldn't know. No, that's Wayne, Wayne Gretzky does play sports. You're totally right. He does. <laughs> He's a sporter. Used to. Is he the one who raped a bunch of people? <laughs> no, you're thinking of all the other athletes, I do believe. You're thinking of the NFL. I think it was Rain Gretzky. <laughs> you're, you're thinking of, of the, the NFL. NFL. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and by the way, okay, so this is where we're going to meet my favorite character in the movie by leaps and bounds. We're going to meet Coach here. Um, and I've just got to say, I feel like this actor the entire time is just like, hey, you know what? It's a paycheck and I don't have to get kneed in the head by a small Asian man. <laughs> yeah. This is God Martzkuk. Or whatever his name Bob's is, who's written. a former <laughs> MMA fighter and a professional wrestler. You know, twisty. <laughs> who now teaches like street karate. 
Oh, um, what? On like a pay per video thing on his website. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so I, I actually did some YouTubing of this guy, and believe it or not, this is the least crazy thing he's ever done on video. Because <laughs> <laughs> this coach character is violently schizophrenic. Oh, he yeah. Is deeply, <laughs> deeply unwell, as we're going to learn. But this is the first time we meet him, so I wrote in my notes, Coach looks like a recently fired bouncer. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a white supremacist who found Jesus. He didn't stop being racist. He just found Jesus. <laughs> a lot of inappropriate tattoos for your kids, Little yeah. League coach, too. Uh, I wrote down, Coach looks like he should be testifying at a Barry Bonds hearing. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I just carried it to him, man. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, so... Cody, the little boy who's the narrator and the person playing Kurt Cameron's son because his real son couldn't quite cut to muster, I guess, <laughs> um, hits the ball real good and runs around the bases real good. Um, but before that happens, I've gotta, gotta mention this. Oh yes, this. you do, um, yes. He gets up to the plate. They show you a shot of the infield. Get ready for sports. Talk. And they show you the shortstop. And the shortstop is fucking left-handed. Left-handed shortstop. Shortstops aren't left-handed. A left-handed shortstop is ridiculous. You can't throw to first base properly. The angles, it's like having a surgeon with herpes. You just would not do that. You don't do that. By the way, I just want to point out, cause I, I'm, I, I'm not a, a big baseball fan at all, but I actually walked into the room when Heath was like paused on the left-handed shortstop scene, and he is like literally having an issue over here. He's like standing up, like fucking calling people, fucking writing letters to his congressman and shit. Who's <laughs> very upset yeah. about I that. just watched a movie about whether or not it's okay to bully your way into a child's cancer ward and whether or not evolution is real, but I have a line. I have a line. <laughs> And there are no left-handed shortstops. Yeah. Fuck this shit. Next show, it's just us. So uh, Heath is no longer associated with the god-awful movies podcast. We do not. Release my uh, content to me, Heath. Release my content to me. Seriously, though, if you Google, has there ever been a, and then the letter L, it says left-handed shortstop in the MLB. No and, shit. And no, pretty much never. In like five it's million not innings. in on my Google, but that's fine. <laughs> The word, the letter L always comes into, or always becomes lesbian in mine, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, legal, so then legal, they, legal gets filled in a lot. <laughs> yeah, has ever, there ever been a L? Yeah, that's gonna be legal way too, and then we'll just leave it there. Legal age four. <laughs> age of consent laws are bullshit, am I right? Come on, who's with me? Thunderfoot, let's get it going. It's gonna be just me next week. <laughs> Guys, God's not dead too sucked. Um, <laughs> sucked. I bet if Eli was here, he'd say some funny thing about how fat she got. Heath ditched uh, me at the theater again. He keeps doing that. <laughs> he said Deadpool was great. <laughs> that old lady I've seen three weeks in a row just put her hand in my lap. I don't think she was trying to do something special. I think she just wanted to feel what they felt like again. Like she forgot. Like she just forgot. <laughs> Oh shit! Now I'm gonna yeah. I was gonna say now I'm gonna sit closer to her next time. See how it works out for me. Cut a little hole in my popcorn. Let me get this worthies out of my mouth. I've been waiting for this for weeks. Okay, talk about your mercy rules. No gag reflex when you put dentures in every morning. You know what I'm saying? Gonna suck the hair back into your head, young man. You're gonna have a crew cut by the time this movie hits the midway point. Oh, I would so much rather get blown by old ladies. 
<laughs> we watch these fucking movies. I'm so tired of you saying that every episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Where do we? I feel like we've gotten far afield. I feel like <laughs> we're off topic. I feel like we're off topic. Um, so, nothing happens in this movie. So yeah, nothing's <laughs> happening uh, in this movie. And then uh, no, but the kids up at bat finally, and uh, they they show the infield, they show the fucking left-handed shortstop, then they throw the pitch. And it comes in like six feet above his head. They show you the shot from the side. The pitch is coming in. It's he could not even reach it with an enormous, but not possible. And no, then they he, cut to just a normal swing. On a fucking step stair. Yeah, not, or not a chance. It's a tennis lob, <laughs> right? And then they cut to it, just a normal baseball swing, and he gets a hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And he claps for himself, which is bad form. Yeah. Um, then we cut to everybody having snow cones after the game, and we meet his dorky ginger friend Jeff, who is. Uh, honestly, in this scene, he looks like he's about to offer to teabag the kid. He's like, dude, you're so awesome. Will you hit that ball? Oh, you and balls. I think about him all the time. Yeah, I thought we were going to have the scene from Billy Elliot where he tries to warm his hands inside his shirt. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I just locked them there. But, of course, Cody wants to pitch. He doesn't give a shit that he won the game and hit the ball and got the run or whatever. He wants to pitch, damn it. But Coach Henchman isn't going to let him. So we get this, he's not allowed to pitch montage, where like 96 times we see the kid walking up to the coach going, hey coach, can I pitch? And him saying no. Like, yeah. they, they, this goes on forever. Like, they, they think it's funny. <laughs> well, for 85 hours. Yes. The rule of threes has been demolished. This is the rule of three cubes <laughs> squared. It's the longest fucking montage of a three joke I've ever heard. Oh. Coach, can I pitch? No. Coach, can I pitch? Mm-mm. Coach, can I pitch? Uh-uh. For 87 minutes, I was like, oh my god, I died and got trapped in this universe. It's like Escape the Void. I shouldn't have taken that acid. <laughs> now my soul is free from my body, and I'm just going to watch this kid ass to pitch for all eternity. Hold on, hold on though. Did you not enjoy all the, the hat work they did during those scenes? They, they, it was yeah. switching it around. It was forwards. It was sideways. But like... Boz Rutten definitely took an acting class and learned some serious hat work and put it to use in this movie. <laughs> it was good stuff. So now we get a baseball montage where we're seeing the whole season go by. And the way we know the season is going by is because the word March will roll across the screen. And then the word April will roll across the screen. And then the word May. So apparently we've been at this fucking baseball game for three months now. <laughs> yeah, and I I wrote in my notes, this movie is shot like the episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives that they're going to do when Guy Fieri dies. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to miss you, guys. Now, that's Flavortown right there. Flavortown right there. Flavortown right there. <laughs> so now, and also... But, uh, sorry, just just to, to address that, uh, the, the time passage thing, I think that, I mean, that could have been an old calendar, you know? Like, they were just crossing off days to catch up. Like, you don't know. They were just Xing off. Just... Keep, keep yeah, up maybe it was just all one game where the teams kept changing uniforms, or maybe it was all in one day and they were just doing a like, you know, whatever nano truple header or something. And then we learn that Cody has been banished to right field. That poor that's, little bastard. He's got right some white field people is problems. Torture. And I would like to point out that the way he describes right field is just standing out there and nothing ever happens. Uh, so I would like to volunteer to play that position forever. <laughs> if there's ever an atheist baseball team. That becomes mandatory under communist America. That's the, that's the position I'm going to take. Dibs. Dibs. Sounds, sounds good. Sounds good. I'm right-handed, so I could play shortstop. 
Yeah. <laughs> and now this is important too. Okay, so two things are okay. First of all, two things are happening simultaneously in this movie. That will be true from this point on. There will never be a <laughs> moment where we're zeroing in on a single scene. There will be two scenes happening at once, eight seconds at a time. But what's going on in this scene is number one, uh, it, the ball comes out to right field and 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 Cody throws it, but the fucking catchers run off to go get to piss or something and there's nobody there again the other thing is dad is getting angry messages from his brother ben who is listed in his phone as ben bro yes the screen literally reads because we needed this explained to us not once but three times yes, yes. the screen reads this is from ben bro and the text is call me bro call me bro it's important bro you're my brother i'm your brother all you needed was a text that i'm your brother we came out of the same vagina our mothers namely we're brothers here's a picture of our paternity test just in case you forgot <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, now Cody's being a little bitch about the fact that he didn't get to play. And then Ben Bro shows up with bad news. Uh, apparently government regulation is fucking the little scrap recycler mom and pop shops again. Yeah. Yep. Obama's nationalizing the scrapyard industry. Yeah, Bullshit. Yeah, yes. Where's yeah. all Big, the productive quote, competition going to come from? EPO. They call it the EPO yes, in this movie. Yeah. Uh -huh. Big EPO <laughs> is coming to Turk der Germs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And of course, this entire shot is being shot into the sun so that we don't have to look at Kirk Cameron and this comedian guy, which was awfully nice of him. I would have much rather watch an eclipse my I, naked right. eyes. I wrote, I can't see you're shooting the sun. I'm wearing sunglasses at night to watch this movie indoors right now. This is very uncomfortable. Also, we learned that that bastard from before, he's not just some documentary maker. He's an eco-lobbyist. And they say eco-lobbyist like child rapist. And, and he even goes, an eco-lobbyist right. for hire. Oh, like, yeah. You're not a lobbyist if you're not for hire, guys. This eco-lobbyist wants Kirk Cameron's face off. Yeah. <laughs> he is not a good character. This is a bad guy. This is a bad guy we're going to learn. But Kirk Cameron's not worried, so he says, come get a cone, and then we get the hilarious comedian doing about 27 minutes of improv on, a cone? A cone? What's a cone? He's like, a snow cone. He's like, oh, snow cone? Yeah, I'll get a cone. Cone, cone, cone. And you can tell everyone, like, could barely contain their laughter. They were like, oh, man, when you said, I'll get a cone, I shat. I shat into a bucket and ate it. I couldn't. I couldn't. You're hilarious. Also, I, I want to point this out, too. This is how little attention this movie is paying to itself when the brother shows up and he says hey look here's this guy he's an eco lobbyist for hire he's like yeah i know that guy that's the guy we talked to the other day all right we just had a three-month montage <laughs> this movie has lost track of the fact that three months have gone by because now they're talking about this guy that they talked to yesterday <laughs> That one, like, when, when that hit, I had to stop the movie for a few seconds. I had to walk around. I had to take a little, little walk around the block and say, okay, okay, it's that kind of movie. They're not even paying attention. All right. All right. It's going to be one of those. If they're not paying attention, why should I? Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody obviously took notes on their movie. We are the first humans to take notes <laughs> in this movie. When we got to the end of the movie and it says written by, I'm like, bullshit, bull nope. shit. Improvised. Not buying it. <laughs> So now we're back at home. Dad's yelling on the phone. Kid is throwing baseballs more. There's problems. 
you know, not right. particularly well-explained problems, but problems. Right. And this is where we learn that what the government is doing, because uh, what Dad is yelling on the phone about, is that he had filed an application for government subsidies for handling hazardous waste. Right. But that subsidy listed things like tin cans and trash bags and newspapers as hazardous waste, which, by the way, when they actually get to that scene, I want to talk about the difference between those two, but it's yes, fine. Please. Um <laughs> So he's like trying to get the form they filled out back and basically the point of this film is like the EPA is just – or the EPO in yeah, this film. Right. The EPA is just trying to take away Americans' rights to handle hazardous waste without any training or government oversight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's the good guy's fight in this movie. You can see why they went with uh, there's no quit in family. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, this is entirely his fault. He's taking an illegal subsidy. There is no conflict. No. I'm unconflicted. <laughs> no, no. I got caught doing a crime, but I didn't know it was – Gonna get me caught. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> it. Uh, also, by the way, um, Kirk Cameron's wife has a stronger jaw than Boz Rutten, the MMA fighting coach. <laughs> it, like, they, I'm not sure if they show her lower body in this movie, but when they show just her face, I'm picturing a centaur the whole time. That's yeah, all. She I looks say. like she looks like the guy that knocked out Ronda Rousey. <laughs> And, of course, she tells – once Dad gets off the phone, she's like, you should go out and talk to your son. He's upset. So Kirk starts to walk out, but then his cell phone rings, and he answers it, and we know he's a bad parent now. Yeah. And just owning the cell phone was pretty pretty good indicator, I guess. Sad. And this is when we get uh, – I wrote in my notes, this movie is shot like porn for women, just slow, <laughs> hazy shots. You can see all the dust in the sunlight. <laughs> right. <laughs> You can make those actors say they love each other, but they don't. I, I, I love how <laughs> I, I love how Heath had this moment here where it was just it was like, like oh wait, shit, those are for women. Porn for women. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love those I ones with the good big, cinematography. Big realization. Yes. <laughs> Mind. If blown. you don't hear, it's porn for women. Just so you know. Oh, okay, that's, that's good. That's how they divide it in the industry. A little inside industry term. If nobody slaps a tit. It's porn for women now. So, and also the, the little narrator kid says at one point, just to like really lay down the libertarian stakes in this movie, he says, the kid says, the government was trying to take our business. I didn't even know they could do that. They can't. You're okay, kid. Don't worry. This is a fictional bullshit universe created by a bunch of goddamn fucking Ayn Rand fans that don't know how reality works. So, but yeah. as we learn later, there are actually some pretty good reasons to question the validity of this business, but we're going to get to that later on. Yeah. When we is... talk about wrongful death lawsuits. And uh, <laughs> elevated mercury levels in the soil, yes. <laughs> so Cody's through with us waiting to talk to dad shit, so he bikes away, and I'm convinced that he did, just did that because they were like, mm, when he's on the bike, we can make the camera even more wobbly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this is where we get Cody giving us some of Pops' good old-fashioned wisdom. <laughs> Pops held a machine gun in World War II. You could tell by his knuckles. Right, and he always used to say, first in, last out. And I wrote in my notes, the Eli Bosnick story. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would go the other way, but hey, you know, that's just me. Um, he also says, you know, he's listing all the great grandpa wisdom, like, Cody, if anybody ever messes with your sister, you make like a stung rodeo bull. That's actually one of them. And then he has other... Wisdom about fighting people who anger you. Right. You got a problem, you go eye to eye with them, no matter who they are. So he rides to the coach's house, and I wrote, oh my god, he's going to go fight his coach. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I wanted so badly for that MMA fighter just to flash cut to the MMA fighter on top of the kid. Tap out! Tap out! I can't! <laughs> Pop said go eye to eye! <laughs> what does a stung rodeo bull do anyway? I don't know. Um, so, But instead, we catch Coach washing dishes, and I'm convinced that that's because he walked on stage or, or on set or whatever, and he's like, what if I will rubber gloves the entire time? That would be funny, huh? <laughs> and they said yes because they thought that was funny so I once saw a homeless man screaming at a pigeon that is my motivation for this movie <laughs> by the way I like how he chose a communist accent yeah. for this film spot on I, I think that's uh, I think that's really how he talks but uh, and, uh, he's terrifying this this entire scene is a cocaine deal if you switch out the kid <laughs> if you, like, he looks like the guy from Hostel he's got rubber right. gloves on he's got an apron it's terrifying <laughs> Yeah, but his daughter was pretty hot. Yeah. yeah um. Okay. So yeah. So then, he, and and he's basically the coach is telling him, "Oh, you're here because you want to fucking pitch, and you're gonna try to tell me how to coach the fucking team and shit." Coach tells him to fuck off, but rather flamboyantly. During which he has a violent breakdown where his daughter needs to coach him down with house music. <laughs> yes, There's one point where he's like, they try to tell me how to go to the... And she's like, no, okay, find, find the beat. Inch, inch, inch. That's really what and happens. And he's like, yes, play the house music to me. And I was like, you should leave. This man's about to fuck his daughter. <laughs> you don't want to be in between that, dude. <laughs> Let me get in there. Let's mix it up. So, but instead, and, and well, yeah, well, I'll tell you what. There is no doubt when Cody shows up to the house. Coach, the, can I pitch this time? No. Still no. The, <laughs> still no. You can catch. But I guess Coach is so impressed that the kid came to ask himself rather than have his mom or dad show up to bitch at him, which I liked that message in the movie. Yeah, like, uh, parents, leave your fucking kids Little League yeah. coach alone. Excellent message. Yeah, but uh, but he decides to have a cold beer with him. Root beer, guys. It'll be fine. Right. And I love Heath's notes during this scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this, he's it's it's kind of kind of ruins the whole thing. Um he he's giving the kid, you know, like these lessons and I just wrote like, "Fuck, this is a really good lesson about the catcher being out of position." And then like, "Fuck, also a really good point about the individual nature of baseball making team cohesion even more important." Like, he just keeps making and Then I wrote, "Fuck, also a really good point about Best versus best for the team. Everything he said was good. So I might be Christian, actually. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's what it would we'll, take. We'll see how the rest of the movie goes. All those Intelligence Squared debates, and it took an ex-MMA fighter screaming about team cohesion in baseball, and now right. <laughs> he's on the other side. No, but it, yeah, coach, all, all great points from the coach. Yeah, all great points yeah, from the coach. Yeah, no, There's just a hot girl at the Christian bookstore and he's getting desperate. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, there is a really hot girl at the Christian bookstore. Though. Um, honestly though, I, I, I felt like in a lot of ways this movie wanted to be a good baseball movie, but it kept having Kirk Cameron libertarian shit thrown in there, uh, just to okay. make sure that never happened. And then we get uh, Kirk's wife again because she has a scene minimum, I guess. And uh, so we get 90 seconds of her saying, Cody, where have you been? Oh, I've been uh, I've been out talking to my coach. OK, well, let's stay on camera for about 62 more seconds. Right. I wrote there is an hour and a half left in this fucking movie. Oh. An hour and a half. 
oh my god it was so long and, oh. and and i mean and like this scene for example this is a scene where they're talking about what happened two scenes ago that's all yeah. like the scriptwriter <laughs> forgot that we already saw that scene so now he feels like he has to tell us about it just in case grandma woke up in between the two scenes in case boz lerman screaming or whatever that guy's name is the ex-mma fighter screaming woke up grandma during the last scene she's like what's happening i want to turn it off they're like no 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 no, 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 remember, don't worry. This is- Candace Cameron's going to describe the movie to you. <laughs> <laughs> so now we cut to nighttime and Kirk wanders into his son's room and I wrote, are we going to watch Kirk fuck his son? But no, it's it's the daughter's turn tonight. So he leaves. <laughs> And now we get more baseball. It's the it's the next day. And this is also where we learn, by the way, that this girl's entire life is her brother's little league team. That's Yes. That's the only thing we learn about that character. Yeah, well, that and the, and the sports commentary talk. Now, this is a pivotal scene in this movie, and it is also one of the most difficult things to watch that we've ever watched just because it's so bad from a filmmaking perspective because now, again, we can't have just one scene. So we're going to cut between the kid playing a, ba- a game of baseball and the dad you know, chatting with evil suit man about the evil EPO regulations that are going to steal his business out from under him. Yeah, and during this scene, the coach, by the way, gives the exact same performance as Tom Hardy in Bronson. In case you're wondering, <laughs> <laughs> he but doesn't have his stick out. But other coach. than that, yeah, <laughs> we don't know he didn't have his stick out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We were only I'm seeing the chest up. That. Yeah, there's a lot. There is an enormous amount of this movie. Something like eight percent of this movie is uncomfortably close to Boss Rutten through a fence. <laughs> there's an awful lot of that shot they must have had like eight hours of that at the end and we're like you know boss is gonna be pissed if we don't use this guys right so yeah so the 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 evil evil suit man is telling kirk about how <laughs> junkards used to be tended by immigrants and gypsies that's what he says <laughs> snarling dogs <laughs> but now they're the city's darlings yeah what you know how the darling of your local neighborhood is the scrapyard? <laughs> well, now that, they've, now that they've run the gypsies off, yes. <laughs> what? Oh, and Kirk Cameron just has amazing lines. So ba- the the crux of this is you're an evil fancy Jew word. And what you do <laughs> is you come into town and you trick people into asking for subsidies for things they shouldn't ask for subsidies for, like tin cans and newspaper. Then you're going to test my dirt and say that my dirt is, quote, covered in toxins and poison. Yeah. Right. right because your dirty Jew labs are going to run that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love in this whole thing. This whole monologue starts. He turns to him and he goes, I know who you are. I know what you're doing. And it just won't work. And I just want to point out, I say that to strangers. Just in case. Because one day I'm going to get the right guy and he's going to like, st- he's going, damn, fuck. fuck. Throw a smoke bomb down. Yeah, right, right, dude. This is why you, you don't have a, a different fatwa, bank. man. You got to stop saying, you got to be like, oh, oh yeah. my chest is so unprotected. <laughs> what was that Quran episode we were going to do next week? <laughs> and then, of course, evil suit guy follows that up with like, are you mobbed up? Do you intend to have large Italian Italian men come by my home? Which I also ask strangers. Yeah, <laughs> I ask strangers that too, but it's in a very it's on Grinder, so it's a very different <laughs> scenario. Not right. quite as racist when you do it. Got it. Also, this is when Kirk gives his little monologue. He says, "You know, 
I watched my mom put blankets over Molotov cocktails while my dad worked the shotgun, and I still have the shotgun. Yeah. So basically, his response to this eco-lobbyist being like, here's all the illegal stuff you've done, I'm going to get you in trouble for it, is, I will shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, and the, the entire, like, the entire thing, okay... During this scene, Kirk Cameron reads a prolonged portion of a recycling subsidy contract to us. He goes through and explains what the bad guy's plan is in like six steps. Literally, he's going, step five, you go to the city council and have them change the definition of hazardous waste. Step six, you do this. And then the guy, the bad guy turns around and explains all the same stuff to him again because he's already done all of it. Yes, he's already done all of it, including, but this is the kicker that the guy pulls out at the end. They have a wrongful death lawsuit. Yeah, but, but that never <laughs> comes up Did again. He murder never somebody? Comes up again. Will not but be answered. It's something that should be addressed, <laughs> right. that their scrapyard has a wrongful death lawsuit right. against it. Well, also the evil suit man, when he's saying like, you'll never test Kirk, cause Kirk keeps saying, you'll never test my soil. And he's like, oh, I already tested your soil. And, uh, and, and he goes, yeah, I found, uh, I think everybody agrees that there were harmful levels of mercury. And I'm like, that's a real problem though. That's a real thing. That's not like a made up, like Jew lawyer word. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's like kids who can't read anymore. Yeah. Distressing levels of mercury in the soil. That's really <laughs> bad. That's the reason we need that EPO. Right. Now we know what the governor of Flint was doing. He's <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> See, it's just a fancy word. We're fine. <laughs> A little brown in the water. It's iron. It's good for your bones. It's only black kids. It's fine. Jesus. They weren't going to learn to read anyways. Now, of course, <laughs> now, of course in this, um, during this scene, we're also, again, we're, this is getting interspersed with footage of the, the baseball game. And this is where, like, Cody gets to go up and, and pitch. Finally, coach brings him in to save. And then he gives up the tying run. Um, it, uh, during that moment, my music note was Ken Burns was like, this is a little much. <laughs> <laughs> I, mine was Kirk standing behind someone saying, make it sound sad like the sad scenes in Crouching Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is also the greatest line in the entire fucking movie by no, uh, uh, uh no question on that. When <laughs> it becomes clear that evil Jew lawyer man has, you know, whatever, like, enacted his six-point plan against Kirk's scrapyard business, he says, check, mate, <laughs> rape, and pillage. Exactly. The Eli Bosnick story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also the Bobby Fisher story. <laughs> Holocaust denier. Exactly. Fucking racist. You don't want to point to a piece of paper and say rape unless you're about to defend a CBC radio star. That's all I'm saying. Unless you want to defend... <laughs> nah, he's yeah. an innocent man. Just in case you didn't get that this was the bad guy, checkmate, rape, and pillage. The, the, the eco lobbyist is the, the bad guy. Yeah, just the to remind everybody. Yeah. Right. At this hire. point, the guy might as well blink his eyes sideways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. If, if he gets all the Horcruxes, we're all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> So, and then, of course, in the meantime, uh, Jeff, the little ginger kid from earlier, comes on to relieve Cody and, and, um, and he gets, goes back to bitch field over there. And Kirk Cameron's response, by the way, to this final, like, hey man, I've got you, checkmate, rape and pillage, is to pull a baseball yeah. bat out from under his desk what? and try to hit him with it. <laughs> exactly. The good guy. The good guy. 
That was- his response is, I will fuck you to death with this bat. <laughs> nope, nope, never mind. Never mind, they're filming. <laughs> they were. <laughs> that was the plan. The bat was the ace up his sleeve. That's why he was all confident this whole time. Makes no sense. You sure you don't want to turn the cameras off? I plan to assault was- you with a face. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Also, we get the Mercy Rule name drop twice. Yeah, Hey-o. they said the name of the movie. <laughs> Which is great because that's the only it time it's remotely relevant Absolutely in this film. Absolutely irrelevant to this movie, yes. yes. <laughs> There's no baseball Mercy Rule. There's no... The metaphorical There's not even mercy like a, a, a blowout happening. anywhere. Yeah, no, there's nothing. no mention of like God or mercy. Nope, nothing. But unfortunately, that's all this movie has to offer us in the way of stakes. So I guess we can pause for a quick break here. But before we do, let me give Act 3 the hard sell. Will the kids win the thing? Will the bad guy do the thing? Will the good guy thwart the thing? Find out the answers to these questions and that's it. When we return for the polling out because we both got bored and neither of us were going to come anyway. Conclusion of Mercy Rule. I came. <laughs> John, come here, boy. Get your Miller bacon over here. Uh, yeah, Pop? I got some wisdom for you. Uh, all right, go ahead, Pops. When the game gets going, you go to the game. Uh, sorry, sorry, what? When the, when the game gets going, you go to the game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that doesn't make any sense that... If you, if you can't find sense, try looking for dollars. Uh, okay, what does that mean? Uh, sir, your, your father has terrible dementia. Maybe, maybe better just to let him rest. Right, yeah, okay, probably best. I made a poop worm. And despite our better judgment, we're back to see if this thing is ever going to grow a plot, and we'll start this half of the flick off with a little cross-moping between Dad and Cody, both of whom are disappointed by how their day went. Right, and basically, this scene with the son is, you should be happy for your friend, your baseball team won, but he's not because he's an asshole? I think that's what we're supposed to get, yeah. And the sister, of course, is talking about nothing other than how awesome Jeff is and how big his dick probably is and everything else. (laughs) She is so impressed that he retired. Didn't he only need one out? Anyway, Yep. she's super impressed that he managed to... uh, to strike that kid out and talks about it for the next like 26 minutes of this movie. But Cody's so mad about it that he throws a baseball through the fence. <gasps> yeah. And, and by the way, they show the shot from the other side of the fence after he breaks it and there are burn marks in the fence now. <laughs> there's, there's like embers and smoke coming off the spot where the ball went through. It's fantastic. It's like wild things too. <laughs> I, I, I'm really happy to say I don't get that one. Um, so yeah, yeah. Cody's pissed because he didn't. It's a fantastic baseball film. I recommend it for everyone. <laughs> a lot of Jesus in that one too. Charlie Sheen when he was just starting to go crazy. <laughs> oh, see, now I, now I'm gonna have to check that one out. He was wild um, thing in Major League. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, oh, there, yeah, it's a little tie-in. Um, so yeah, he breaks the fence. Uh, music. I'm note- in Major League too. I just realized. <laughs> That was his character's name. I like the comparison to Wild Things, too. I thought that was apt. I thought the we go. Wild Things was apt. Oh, uh, yeah. Whichever one has the most tits. Let's go with the, the Warriors, too. Secret of the U's. Go for it. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a Wild Things, too? I don't even know if there is a Wild Things, too. Yes, there's a Wild Things, too. I, I have a friend who is in it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. The music note I had, by the way, here is uh, we're trying our damnedest to make it seem like something's happening. Um, so it, My music note was, you can't take the sky from me. 
Right, so we get this really long scene too. Like, like I said, we're cross moping. We never settle on one scene in this movie. So at the same time that that Cody's being upset that he didn't get to be the hero, Dad is staring at his dad's old Mustang for some reason. And his dad's photo. And Grandpa well, has right. a photo that says, "I didn't care for the Jews, and I told most people about it." <laughs> well, I love he's got two pictures too. He's got one of him young while he was in uh, uh, the war, and the other when he was like. A hundred and three and in an oxygen mask. He has nothing in between. That's it. Those are the two right. pictures. But Kirk Cameron's so mad about the Jew lawyer taking over his business that he decides he wants to destroy not only his father's car, which has been sitting in his garage, mm-hmm. but his father's photo as well. <laughs> which is also still in it. Yeah. <laughs> he uh-huh. throws the photo into the car and he's like, scrap it. And the guy's like, you, you want to destroy the last remaining photo of your dead dad? Yes. Yes, I too, because I had a bad day. All right. Well, also, this is where we learn that Kirk is back on the cancer sticks, because right after mm. that, he pulls a, a, a pack of cigarettes out, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're gonna, he's going to try to smoke, but he, he doesn't. He just puts one behind his ear. Okay. And this is where we cut to the uh, little sister, or the big sister saying, you're not actually unhappy for Jeff, though, right? Because that would make you evil. Yeah. yeah. So she, she even says, like, the bad guy in a movie. And I'm thinking, yeah, except that none of this is interesting enough to make a movie about. But otherwise, you have to like be that. happy for Trent. And by the way, this was definitely said at some point in like the writer's room. You know how we can get the sister into this sports movie? She can talk about the sports. Talk we'll about talk sports. About That's great. That's Perfect. really good. Guys, well, let's take lunch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to it. Everyone come back from lunch with talk about sports ideas. Yes. Also, this is where Kirk Cameron's wife puts on her most fuckable dress, which is not very fuckable. It is my first date after the divorce dress, if ever you've seen one. Yeah, yeah. And I also think it's really interesting, what, uh, uh, just on the sisters thing, that this movie, it never occurred to this movie that the sister could also play baseball. That there's also... No. Girl baseball. This movie has no idea. There's no girls in baseball. <laughs> what? There's no black people in baseball. <laughs> no, that neither. Um, so, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So mom is calling dad and saying, you have to meet me for a date in 40 minutes. God damn it. And he's like, I'll stink. And she's like, you always stink. And we're supposed to think that's funny. But I think that's probably just true. That's just true. He was like, cut, cut, honey. You said you wouldn't say that. I just want it on record. It's just for me, Kirk. It's just for me. Can I have one fucking thing for me? And everyone was like, fuck, keep it in the movie. Fine, fine. But we'll play it like a joke. Yeah, Kirk, we'll play it like a joke. <laughs> She's sobbing again, man. And then we, uh, of course, we get to, um, we have to bring Uncle Ben back into the story so he can babysit the kids while they go on their date. Because we just can't get enough right. of Ben bro. Right. And their version of a date could not more clearly be a cheesecake factory. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> they use a word like Rosito's, but just a cheesecake factory. <laughs> also, the waiter there, I feel really bad for this poor guy. Mom's oh. been there for a while before dad shows up and then dad shows up and he's like, uh, 
you know, would you guys like to hear about the special? He's like, no. He's like, well, then why are you sitting at a goddamn fucking table in a restaurant, asshat? Yes. As a former server, I would like to formally invite everyone who's there to have a very serious conversation at a restaurant to go fuck yourself. (laughs) Don't take up my table. There are park benches all over the world for you to sit on and break up with your 19-year-old girlfriend. Not my goddamn table. You're going to sit there and drink water while she cries? I will stab you to death, sir. I'm working on a script. I'm going to tell you about the tuna tartare, and then I'm going to walk away. <laughs> also, I love uh, Kirk. He's like, what can I get you? He's like, something dark and bitter. I want him to bring Spike Lee. <laughs> I wanted to bring Cook a Goose Cameron. Island. That sounded good. Sorry. <laughs> also, apparently this, this restaurant has a no cigarette behind your ear policy. <laughs> yeah, he goes, sir, there's no smoking in here. And he's like, I'm not smoking it, okay? Well, but then the guy likes, st- yeah, but it's behind your ear, and that's kind of like, I started to wonder, does Kirk think that's what smoking is? Does he just not know that you put him in your mouth and light I'm not the- going to light it behind my ear. Yeah, you shouldn't. It'll catch you on fire. I know. I know. His dad Why do died you think of- my face looks like this? His dad died of side of the ear cancer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the roughest kind (laughs) also and you can tell how sexy this relationship is mom brought the rules for the little league uh team to their date so that she can tell dad that she thinks coach should play him more parents shouldn't be allowed within a thousand feet of a little league field they shouldn't be allowed to do anything about it they shouldn't be allowed to talk to coach nothing they should not be involved yeah, and, and or so, their children. That's how my family felt. <laughs> Here you go. You like you know you can have all the mashed potatoes you want at Old Country Buffet. Deal. <laughs> Here you go. Here's some books no one will read until they get popular in 2013. <laughs> They're gonna make a TV show. <laughs> You'll hate it. <laughs> my gosh, they left out a third of Feast of Crows. Nobody cares. I know. <laughs> If only there were these message boards online where I could complain and have people agree with me. Um, and, and during this whole conversation, okay, so, so Kirk has to break the news to mom that the evil government's gonna con- come and take their business. She's busy bitching about the, uh, the coach not playing the son enough. And this whole time, the four, poor fucking waiter is just like, hey, you guys wanna order food now? Because. Mozzarella sticks. I'm bringing you mozzarella <laughs> sticks. <laughs> you like those, don't you? Yeah. They're like string cheese for grownups. <laughs> I get you too. <laughs> It was some ranch dressing. You don't strike me as the ordering entrees type. We burnt you a steak, <laughs> brought some ketchup along with it. Um, so yeah, the, uh, so he says, honey, honey, put away the baseball rules. I have something important to tell you. I've ruined everything. And mom's first question is, what's her name? Yeah, and you know the first nine takes were, what's his name? (laughs) (laughs) What's his name? Honey, Honey. again, we're not actually having this conversation. It's just for the movie. I just want to know his name. We'll talk about it afterwards. Leonardo. It's Jesus. (laughs) So, yeah, so, like, mom... So so mom decides to give him this it's just money speech and it which is great and all whatever but she was literally just losing her shit over whether her kid was getting enough time on the mound like like she's going like the coaches are playing but honey this is just losing a business that's not a big deal you know right. like, and and he just got lit up for the tying runs the last time he went in i don't know what the Yeah right like why the fuck would you and yeah anyway so of course i wrote in my notes there's still 50 goddamn minutes. <laughs> yeah, and he writes, 
uh, he's she comforts him and he says, "I wish there were words to tell you how much I love you. Oh, You're like rain after days of heat. You smell <laughs> like a parking lot." He literally says, "You smell like a parking lot." <laughs> also, there's a fucking word for that. It's called petrichor. You ignorant fuck. It's an awesome word, and that's exactly what it means. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he tells her that her breasts are like pillows and asks if he can fluff her pillows. And then they leave the restaurant without ordering. Oh, but first he does a magic trick for the server where he puts the (laughs) the cigarette behind the server's ear. And the server's like, oh, you rapscallions. Meanwhile, I would have been like, oh, could you come back so I can spit in something? Your mouth, (laughs) your hands. Just open your hands real quick. I was going to spit in something anyways. But now that you're not going to eat food, I can serve you. I just need to make this a little bit more direct. Do not touch my ears. So unbelievably creepy. We're adults. Yeah, right? Yeah. Side note, I once had a woman put a tip for me when I was bartending in her teeth, and I took my phone out and just took her picture. So that's the <laughs> level of punishment. The only punishment I can think of that's worse for leaving the restaurant is Kirk Cameron's career. So it kind yes. of plays out when you think about it. <laughs> So they get so they get home and and apparently while they were gone on the date Uncle Ben had taken uh bitchy son kid over to his buddy's house so he could congratulate him for winning the game and stop being a mopey little whiny bitch about it. Right. Um and then the uh and and dad's like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to call your coach and make him play you more." Which Cody to which Cody says the right thing. He's like, "Dad, don't do not fucking do that, do that please." <laughs> sure right. you don't want me to bother the grown-up who's in charge of your children's baseball team and make it <laughs> Make it really hard for everyone because it's a popularity contest and not just fun sports for kids. I'll do sure? that because I'll do that. <laughs> you sure you don't want dad to do that? And, and, and Cody's answer isn't no dad because you'd just be being a prick. He's like, no, I already went to the coach's house and talked to him. And they're like, oh, you went to a, 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 a single adult male's house without our knowledge. We're so proud of you. Is he the schizophrenic <laughs> one who sings about how he's a pirate to himself? Sure yes. is. Yes, that's the Does guy. Does he need to be calmed by his daughter with house music? Uh huh. No, no, I, right, I brought some techno. I brought some techno. Was, was, cool. was he wearing an apron and rubber gloves <laughs> yeah. as though he was disposing of a body when you came in? Yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly what he was doing. Was he looking at the missing pieces of a plate? <laughs> <laughs> So then uh, they go in to have uh, ice cream sundaes because that's the only thing this family eats, apparently, is pizza and sundaes. I wrote, these people eat ice cream three meals a day. Oh, right. <laughs> we, like, like, I think there's five times in this movie where they go for ice cream. I wanted a flash cut at the end where we see the real family and it's just those fat actors from the end of Miracles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> also, compliment sandwich. This movie's pretty bad, but I did get to pause the movie on the scene where the daughter has a mouthful of whipped cream. So, you know, Eli won, movie zero. (laughs) Didn't think I was going to use it that way, did you, Kirk? (laughs) He's blocked me on Twitter so long ago, but I sent him the pictures. Of her or you? Uh, My music music note here, by the way, was those two cowboys are going to go ahead and fuck, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. But now it's time for parking slash baseball montage number eight hundred. Yeah, this this fucking movie just this it's it's a baseball montage that started an hour and ten minutes earlier and it's still going. And my music note for this montage is this Christian rock band watched a Zach Braff movie when their mom left the bus. <laughs> <laughs> quick guys, quick, get it. Garden State, get Garden it in State, there. You got it. <laughs> Also, dad's wearing a suit at this point, and we've already been told a number of times how much dad hates wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. So he drops the, the daughter and the son off uh, so that he can go to City Hall. 
Now, apparently, him and his brother have this plan to go to City Hall and talk to some people about the evil plan of the eagle lobbyists. But the way they're going to do that is just, like, sit in the waiting room and follow people wrong, uh, around when they try to go to the bathroom. Excuse me, sir? 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 Yeah, that's not how City that's Hall, not how City Hall works. works. I mean, all of the no. people have offices and shit. Right. Don't you own a scrapyard, sir? Sir? I can't help but notice you're peeing. Nice penis. Um... Can you make poison legal? <laughs> you personally? Uh, so after their failed day of going to the office, they're out in the parking lot and Kirk Cameron has removed his shoes and socks. Well, that was so that Ben Bro could work some of his comic genius. Yeah, some really <laughs> solid comedy. Oh, my God. Does a physical object exist in the universe that Uncle Ben can't make funny? <laughs> if, if it does, it is not a napkin or Kirk Cameron's feet. <laughs> Slayed it. Yeah. Yeah, foot humor. It was gold. And then they start talking about Dad. And apparently, okay, so they needed them to reminisce about something that Dad did. And what they came up with was apparently... Back in the day, Dad had a Satan-themed ice cream truck. Yeah, yeah that blew fire out <laughs> yes. of flamethrowers. Yeah, it was a Mad Max-themed ice cream <laughs> truck. Yeah, right. Witness me! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work out super well. He kept throwing those spiked, exploding things at other ice cream trucks. <laughs> we don't talk about it. That's how Dad died. <laughs> <laughs> Explains so much. Furiosa exploded, Dad. <laughs> But they also said, uh, you know, so, and this is also where like the, the, the brother's like, Hey, you know that old Mustang of dad's? Do you still have that? And he's like, No, I, I crushed it because I was being petulant. And he's like, Or did you? Oh, <laughs> right. turns out that Raul thought better of it and didn't crush this perfectly good <laughs> Mustang with his dad's old pictures. Photo in it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, somehow the shot of like the, the grappler crane crushing the car. It, it looks like a bad CGI shot, but it's just a real shot. It's just a normal – I don't know how you would do that. Like, it's a normal shot. All of a sudden, it looks like Sharknado graphics, and then it's back to people talking. <laughs> this movie had an amazing way of taking, like, things that actually happen and making them look like you couldn't actually capture that on camera. Right. Yeah. And then we see Councilwoman Sadie Ryan. Oh, my God. And this was somebody's ma. Yes! <laughs> Holy oh, shit! She, this was a Kickstarter goal that someone hit. Oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> she could not be less comfortable on camera. She, like, walks to her ex and then like just... She, yeah, she walked too far and then she had to, like, walk back again. <laughs> yes. It's phenomenal. You can see it. If you watch these movies with us, it's, again, I do not recommend it, but not in this, this scene, no. she, like, overdoes her mark and then she, like, oh, wait, um... Hello, Mr. Cameron. <laughs> Sorry, Smith. Miller, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we learned very quickly that Sadie is on their side. You know, she also thinks that toxic waste should be illegal, or legal rather, um, to, to juggle. Um, so the, the, she promises that she can get them five minutes at the city council meeting tomorrow. And I'm thinking, the public city council meeting where anyone who shows up gets to speak? Do you right. guys know how these work at all? <laughs> no? Apparently not. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to the end of the baseball game where the coach is trying to form words, but that tumor's just getting in the way. <laughs> just really getting in the way. Yeah. These, these are just words he's saying. I mean, they, they sound kind of like sentences, but they're <laughs> definitely not. Like, he's talking like he knows what the nouns are. 
But the verbs are just noises, too. They're just noises. And he's just baseball rounds with gold. Yeah. <laughs> now we pray for candy. Wait, other movies. Sorry. <laughs> Where is your Jesus now? He's in a, he's in a I wrote in my movie, notes, sorry. I feel like each day ended with Kirk gathering everyone around to say, guys, this is such a great time. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody had to pretend to agree. Yeah. Or they I can mean, get a paycheck. Yeah. Can everybody we go have home? a slice of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go out? Who wants to hang out? I mean, I've got the evening free. Oh, we'd love to, but I've got to go to the penguin light switch. <laughs> <laughs> Microphone. <laughs> The air between us. So then, so then we get uh, we come get home and Dad's talking to his uh, to his son, you know, and he's like, "Yeah, Dad, how'd it go at City Hall?" He's like, "Well, you know, I I had to wear a suit. I hate wearing a suit. You know, like a like a ch- like a full grown man child would hate wearing a suit." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then Candace Cameron, of course, comes out with her trying to look fuckable in that sweater, and it's not working <laughs> sweater. <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea Cameron, yeah. Oh, whatever her name is. Who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Candace, Candace was a little too A-list for this. Oh, that's uh, DJ, right? Yeah, I that's apologize. DJ. The, DJ is now currently crushing her career on Netflix. So the, the new I Fuller House this holds is Chelsea up. Cameron. Yeah. New Fuller House kicks ass. Good stuff. Oh, great movie. <laughs> I wonder what the Rugrats are doing. Can we get a rebuild? <laughs> I want to see Chucky's bad relationship with his ex-wife. Yeah, hell yeah. Cunt. Yeah, I'll say it in front of the kids. <laughs> so yeah, so now we get the waking up and making breakfast montage. This movie is ninety-two percent montage, uh, and and also like ninety-two percent sun because again they're sh- they're yes. filming the sun. Like now I'm watching this through holes in a shoebox. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I will say, though, these people eat very well, and the most enjoyable part of this movie was watching them make and the food they were having. <laughs> yeah, we, we get a, a nice American obesity montage. That yeah. was cool. Starring flour, heavy cream, and bacon. Yes. yes. That's, that's, the bareback like, Contessa. Horrible, horrible <laughs> slow My music note, by the way, is a Casio keyboard is getting raped. This was the (laughs) single worst piece of music that we've ever heard in a Christian movie. The music that was playing over this fucking breakfast montage is seared into my goddamn... I was, like, digging shit out of my ears, (laughs) hoping that that was critical to the hearing process. Oh, God, it was so bad. And now we get the... Worst possible give one for the Gipper speech. Oh my god. Humanly possible. This is like someone cut up all the sports and my dad is dead speeches from all the movies and just like threw them at a board covered in glue and we're like, go Kirk, read that. <laughs> and Kirk clearly thought this was going to be the one that got him the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically he starts off giving the Al Capone speech from, from, uh, the untouchables and I'm like, oh my God, he's going to beat Cody to death with a bat. <laughs> that would be so awesome. But, uh, no, instead he just says random shit. One, one of the things he says, by the way, he says, uh, the strength of some other boy's arm, that's, that's for Providence to sort out. To which I wrote the Eli Bosnick story. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that too. <laughs> 
Although he did say Providence there, so technically a Jesus movie. That counts. Oh, yeah. We nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh he also throws in the world's absolute worst swing batter 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 thing that ever 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 happened like someone vomited in the background glass shattered swing batter swing batter 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 he says you've got eyes to see so see you've got hands to hold that bat so swing and as bad as that is it gets worse he says you have legs so use them like you just got them now would it, that would be that's like a baby a baby right. just got like well like you don't use your see legs like a tiny little baby <laughs> running around bases like very a gazelle quickly. emerging from the womb yeah. <laughs> i'd like Stumbly. to say he stole that right from my erotica by the way use your legs like you just got them <laughs> or more specifically use your legs like a tiny little baby yeah right 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 yeah exactly yeah. that was in my story. amputee porn as well <laughs> Um, so, and then as though things weren't melodramatic enough, we get the introduction to the baseball game that's about to happen. Now, <laughs> when you say introduction, do you mean, um, like Normandy related introduction? Normandy related okay. introduction. Yeah, yes. Yes. Uh huh. It's in the right yeah. place. Because people, we learned that Little League is just like D-Day and the people <laughs> who died at D-Day did so because they were cowards who froze what? up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Literally, we get a black screen and the kid goes, the narrator kid goes, Omaha Beach, June 6th, 1944. I'm like, yeah, that's more interesting that, than this movie. Yeah, let's, let's switch to D-Day. Great. Roll we switch it over? Also, uh, I wrote, uh, music note, combine baseball and Nazis as best you can. <laughs> as best you like, Honus Wagner. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> my music note was simply, what does this button do? <laughs> um, so yeah, so, okay. Now I, I should point out, this is going to be, the big game, quote unquote. This is not a playoff game. They haven't set this game up since the beginning or anything, but this is the last game. So it's a really big deal. They're going up against the first place team. They're in second place, whatever. Um, so we get a little them getting their asses kicked montage in which the coach does the whole. The schizophrenically kings. singing to himself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Loses his mind, eats a handful of sunflower seeds without shelling them like a monster yeah. beast. <laughs> Just puts like a, husks in his face like a fucking like animal, me, like, like a dog goat. Skittles. Yeah, no yeah. And once again, we can't be on one scene, so we have to also cut between that and the meeting at City Hall slash Jedi Council. Uh, where Kirk is supposed to be, but he can't go because his son's playing baseball. Right. So uh, yeah, Ben Bro has to has to you know hang out there for him, I guess. And uh, yeah. sorry, this is a small thing, but during the baseball part of this little uh, cut back and forth, they have a rundown between second and third base, mm-hmm. and that's bullshit. You make the play at second base, not third. That's everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah. Idiots. That's also, very important. There's very a moment important. when a child gets hit in the head with a baseball that no one acknowledges. Yeah, no, that just, that's how one of the scenes ends, and then we just ignore that from that point on, yeah. Like, are you okay if that happens to you? I was, I've never been near a sports field, but I imagine that would be upsetting. (laughs) That they would stop and people would address it, but they just move on like it's him striking out. It it hit him right in the helmet, so he probably was fine, honestly, but yeah, they they don't address it. Years and years from now, he won't be able to speak correctly. (laughs) He won't remember his kids' names, but whatever. For right now, he'll be just That's what sports are for. The important thing is that he gets to advance a base. Right. Yeah. Half the population does Sudoku puzzles. The other half <laughs> drools out their grandchildren's <laughs> names. I get it. Yeah. And now, uh, now the montage is heating up, the cross-cut montage. And uh, new music note, 
Jimi Hendrix is robbing the vault at the Bellagio now. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> with his guitar, walking out with George Clooney. Screaming now. <laughs> Some really bizarre shit going on with the music in this movie. And th- then we get uh, Cody stealing second and third, and he's going to be the... Hooray, guy! I oh, don't. such a scrappy little player. I mean, I love this guy's story. Now he's he legs out an infield single. He steals second, steals third. Unbelievable! Yeah, unbelievable. And he then he tags up and scores on a sack fly. Yeah, so yeah. excited. Wait, but now I need to talk about something because I need to know if this is real or if I had a hallucination. Everyone yells <laughs> rally caps, right. and then they turn their baseball caps. To the side? I can't describe it. They, they Upside do the shark down. Thing. The shark, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like a shark on their head. Is More that a normal work. thing? Do people do that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm missing out. Absolutely. Rally cats, <laughs> yeah. Out. I had no idea what the fuck. You should know from an outsider's point of view. I was just like, everyone went insane. Because the coach turns his cap inside out, puts it on his head like a shark fin, and then the entire audience just puts their hands on top of their head like they're praying to make their own shark fin, and I was like, oh, they're going to eat one of the kids to summon Gurun Ra. (laughs) Is this a part of every baseball game? Fuck, I gotta get ESPN. (laughs) I'm gonna call Time Warner Cable back. That's the fifth inning stretch, yes, yes. uh Um, And also, and this is pretty bizarre, okay, we, we didn't really mention this guy, but the cameraman from the beginning that was filming Evil Jew Suit Guy um, as they're walking out, like you get the impression, or you get a, a little hint of the fact that maybe evil ca- or cameraman guy isn't quite as evil as evil suit guy. <laughs> and the reason I bring this up is because now we see evil suit guy's cameraman stalking behind the bleachers at a little league game. Now, the only reason that you do that is because you're trying to look up skirts. Yeah, Th- that's what EPA henchmen are always doing. That's standard. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, he's going to assassinate Kirk Cameron for that sweet, sweet scrapyard money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 pretty fucking bizarre. But uh, then we, you know, some kid we never met in the movie hits a home run um, because, you know. Oh, good. I wrote, someone hit a home run. Is that Cody? They all look the same. We need some minorities. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was one Asian kid on the baseball team. That was the the closest we got to diversity in this movie. (laughs) And uh, by the way, the music switched again. Now it's an all-black drumline at a St. Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> yeah. I wrote, music note, we've kidnapped Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I wrote, the lady penguins have returned with fish. So, <laughs> okay, so now we got the big triple play on the clothes here. Okay, so first of all, fuck you, a triple play, bullshit. But secondly... They slow it down so much that even if you understand baseball, it's impossible to follow what's going on here. Oh, I had no idea what was going (laughs) on. It looked like they were just playing catch. (laughs) Let me, let me explain it as best I can. So he hits a, hits a line drive. Cody's playing first base. Cody dives and catches the ball at near first base, near Mm -hmm. the base, near the side, near the uh, foul line. And uh, so that's the first out. There were zero outs in the inning and there was a man on second and third. That's the first out. Now he throws to second to get a double play on the guy who went off second too much on the line drive. But one of my problems with it is the shortstop should be covering second here on this play because it's a play to the right side. And actually being a left-handed shortstop would have actually helped in this one instance (laughs) because it would have been easier to throw home at this point. But now the shortstop's a righty. They could have saved it, but they fucked it up. Anyway, so then after they get the out at second base, that's two outs. That's a double play. Now, the guy who was on third tagged up 
after the line drive catch, and he's allowed once he touches third to go back home to to run for home, and so he runs home, and now they have to make the play at home to get the third out, but they fucking steal the clearly steal the thing from Derek Jeter. He runs, you know, from playing first base to cover for the catcher who's out of position, and he runs home and he makes the tag on the guy at home. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. There is no such thing as a three four three triple play that ends at home plate. Fuck you. Well, Absolutely wouldn't not. That also, that wouldn't even be a triple play because the infield fly rule? Uh, no infield fly rule when there's a second and third. Okay. O- only Listen, if it's All a I want to say is that we now are obligated to watch a Christian movie about Dungeons and Dragons or Magic the <laughs> Gathering tournaments <laughs> so that you can sit on the other end of the microphone while I'm like, you cannot play a charge card when you have six mana and a trap card in the hole. That's not Dungeons and Dragons. Um, yeah, nice so. <laughs> I think. Also, sure. by the way, as this is going on, Kurt Cameron leaps out of the bleachers from six rows back to cling to the fence like 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 something like a screaming from alien. like yeah. Steve Austin. Shut yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's on the fence. Although Steve Austin would have done it in faster motion, I do believe. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, and I wrote at this point like I was promised Jesus and faith and shit. Fuck huh. this movie. Right. I so they they win and we watch the other coach of the other team go out, push over one child, and then hold another child, the pitcher, who I think is supposed to be very intimidating, in his arms. And I wrote in my notes, I want the other coach and this child to start kissing and for the music to cut out and for everyone to get real quiet. <laughs> Billionaire money. <laughs> And of course, sister just can't believe what she just saw. She's, you know, she's obviously flicking her bean to it. She has such post-sex hair when we shoot to her. (laughs) She she has such post-sex hair. (laughs) I think that's the only time in the movie we see her without her hair braided as well. Um, and the cameraman, the evil cameraman guy that was stalking behind comes up to tell Kirk to keep fighting the good garbage game fight or whatever. Right. And Kirk Cameron's like, hey, coach, I'd like to bring these children to a city hall meeting. If you guys come, I'll buy you pizza. And everybody says yes. And then he says, and ice cream. It's like, yeah. I already said yes. Dumbass. And soda. Pizza, ice cream, soda, flour, heavy cream, and bacon. Those are the foods, <laughs> the foods they mention in this movie. So they all start chasing him. Ice and I wrote cream. in my notes, not the first time Kirk Cameron has been chased by a Little League team. It is the first time he's done it clothed, however. <laughs> Also, not the first time he's done it on camera, but, uh, and then of course, during this time, it's already time for Kirk to come up and speak, but he's not there yet, so Ben Bro has to vamp, and I wrote, oh, this is gonna be fantastic. He has a musket. <laughs> this is, okay, so uh, apparently we're just getting random snippets of his stand-up act, um, and it is so Hilarious. fucking bad. It is oh. not good. Oh my god, yeah. Not all right. good. It is your uncle gets drunk and wants to try out his comedy on you bad. It really You're is. You're comedian, yes. right? You got pumpkins. <laughs> you do radio? Is that it? I got a joke for you. How come a Mexican China vagina? Donald Trump's going to make America great again. What do you think? Can I be on your show? Come on. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Every friend of Lucentis. Um <laughs> And then, okay, so then we get Kirk showing up at the meeting. And, uh, I don't even know how to get through this shit. So <laughs> he says, he's, he, okay, so 
in the universe of this movie, what's happening is the government is redefining hazardous waste to include paper products. So then he argues... And plastic. And plastic. Then he argues for the remainder of this movie that paper and plastic bottles aren't hazardous waste, which they're not. (laughs) And we all agree on I did research this um, <laughs> at a scrapping plant, especially where you're proce- processing plastic. Oh, they yeah, are yeah. hazardous waste because you melt them down. Right, but so they're not the doing conceit that. of this movie is entirely broken. The right. whole like, oh, <laughs> right. oh no, it's a plastic bottle. It's gonna get me. Scene that we're about to see doesn't mm-hmm. make sense because he's forgetting that you burn all of them and the fumes go everywhere, including into the water and the soil surrounding your plant. So as crazy as the insane straw man they built for this movie is it's actually wrong well it isn't because they don't melt the plastic down on site they send it elsewhere they just oh, bail it. Okay. they, they I... enable a whole bunch of environmental damage <laughs> <laughs> right right exactly um yeah but the message of this movie is very clearly who are you to tell me how to deal with my hazardous waste mm-hmm. because jesus was a libertarian apparently he even <laughs> says the words in his little speech that this is theft by regulation Mm-hmm. Fuck <laughs> this movie. Yes, his speech includes calling all the people he's trying to convince a swollen little city spider. <laughs> right. No better way to convince a, a, a town council than calling that's, them a bunch of swollen little city spiders. That's what it says in Win Friends and Influence People, right? Insult yeah. the fuck out of the people who you want shit from. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and it's the least substantive speech in history. Now. This is this is how overly dramatic it gets. The guy goes to drink from his, his water bottle and curses. Oh God! Don't touch that! Don't touch that! It's hazardous waste. And he runs up and he and he's got a glove on and he's got a mask on and he's like, I'll have to handle that for you. Um, <laughs> and 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 you can tell that he's done great with his hazardous waste. Should be mine to do what juggle with as I please, because the crowd that he brought and bribed clearly agrees with him. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote, pour water on the table. Do a different courtroom movie trope. Saw your brother in half. More props! More props! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And then, of course, the councilwoman who they met before says, Mr. Miller, I believe you can go ahead and drop the microphone. Yes. <laughs> and he drops the mic in slow motion, and I begged for death. I begged <laughs> For death. <laughs> Ironic since there are no black people in this movie that he dropped the microphone, but I begged for death. <laughs> By the way, it looks like he had so much trouble dropping the mic. It did. Like, yes. Probably like, it took like five or six takes at least. Like he's looking down, like it hit my toe the last three times. I know I'm gonna... <laughs> so just, I just opened my hand and let it One fall. of his that fingers sticks careless. each time. It's gripping. He's well, trying to shake it off his hand. <laughs> I don't want to tell you why it's so sticky. Uh, my music note here was, uh, so I can just drag this track in anywhere then, huh? <laughs> awesome. Can we add like a steel guitar, maybe? So now we cut to the sexiest scene in the movie between the sister and the brother. It is. I, I wrote, like, if she never gets to fuck her brother, that will be so disappointing. It's very disappointing because she's doing her sports commentary thing, but this is her commentary. Here we see Cody in his native habitat. Shorts, short, but not short enough. That's what, that is exactly what she says. I had to go back and make sure. Yes. Soon he'll go find a mate. And then she looks at him like, it's me, by the way. It's me. (laughs) And he's like, I don't want to fuck you. And she's like, you're going to fuck me. (laughs) It's 
crazy. <laughs> There's no, I mean, I, I don't see how else you take that. This scene. is dog tooth level incest. <laughs> <laughs> She's commentating the whole time, color play by play, <laughs> <laughs> fuck each other. In, it'd be fun. I he want, thought oh, that I was want the a, vagina. I want to meet a girl that does that, who's maybe not my sister, but who does that? Yeah. <laughs> Or 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 your sister. Don't yeah, no. don't be close. <laughs> I don't have a sister. <laughs> so and then of course uh, Ben Bro shows up in Dad's car that never got scrapped, and also he brings a puppy for the sister because apparently they felt like she needed some kind of <laughs> denouement in this, this movie this or is, something. I don't. This is a great idea. Giving puppies to people with kids is a fantastic social hand grenade. I yes. love. Yes, <laughs> right. I'm gonna just start doing that. I like to bring them to dinner parties when people invite me over for the first time. I'm just like, hey, got you something. Brand new puppy. He's real sick. He requires medicine every four hours. Or he just shits. Shit. I get real close to the hostess's face. Shit. And then I leave. It's also a potluck and I haven't brought any food. to point that out. Yeah, yeah, I like to do it to waiters. I like to go to their restaurant and not listen to the specials, not order anything, and then give them a puppy. And then just leave tie a puppy, a puppy to the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the last line of this movie is the kid goes, Pops used to say, go fuck yourself. I don't know what that one meant. <laughs> is that what it said? I just, I just wrote, this is the last line of the movie, the end. That's how I remember. <laughs> now, did you guys, did you guys stick around through the post-credit scenes though? Sure didn't. Sure <laughs> Absolutely didn't. not. Okay, so yeah, so, I, I took one for the team here. So after the credits start, then we get we cut in with a scene of the cameraman guy, like somebody's looking over all of his videotapes, and he looks up and he says, "And you'll testify to that in court." Okay, so now we're supposed to see that like the cameraman guy found a conscience, and the guy who says, "And you'll testify in court," Kirk Cameron's dad. Ah! Estes yeah. Perkle can document everything that happened <laughs> in Kirk Cameron's career. Turns out it was not Ray Comfort. Our theory has been thwarted. <laughs> um, and then w there's also a scene later po within the credits where the evil suit guy is is wearing his little girly robe with his little girly cup of coffee and gets arrested for the stuff with the thing. Right. And then this is what you get for trying to regulate the hazardous oh. waste. Yeah. <laughs> And and then after the credits are all over, the movie has like the extra forty eight minutes of footage of the coach right through the fence singing to himself and saying weird shit. Like I, I, I shit you not. Like there's like a forty five second bit about him talking about how rough his morning shit was because he ate li licorice the night before. That's actually how this movie ends. There's like forty five solid seconds of him talking about how you can't eat licorice and beans in the same night. Um, it was the best part of the movie. Amazing. Now, as I noted at the outset, this marks the last Kirk Cameron movie on our list, and I'll be damned if I want to see such a good thing come to an end. I'm thinking that we've we've already seen him take on hazardous waste disposal regulation, Christians who think Christmas is too pagan, and uppity women who think their husbands should ask permission before hitting them. Um, so do you guys have any thoughts on which villain you'd like to see Kirk tackle in his next movie? Ooh, um... How about the penguins from the Penguins of Madagascar? <laughs> you could fuck them up. Yeah. Maybe Obama. <laughs> well, that's this was like Dinesh a proxy fight. already did that. Yeah, oh, right, right. It's been been done to perfection. All right. Now, obviously, when you've got A-listers like Kirk Cameron, Boss Rudin, and the Chick-fil-A song guy, you don't need any additional stars from us. So then, rather than asking you how many stars you'd give this movie, I want to ask you this. 
What is the least responsible thing that you would do with hazardous waste rather than watch this movie again? Mm. Um, all right. Um, I would put a Coke bottle inside of me. But um, to answer your question, um, <laughs> to answer your question, I will be watching this movie again. So I'm going to continue being responsible with hazardous waste. I, I very much enjoyed this movie. Oh, see, I, I would use a uh, a a barrel from Chernobyl to try to get the meatball out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man, that meatball's staying at this point. Yeah, you push it up there. It's like every time it gets pushed higher. Yeah. It's easier if you put it in the Coke bottle. It slides right up. You're all good. <laughs> <laughs> and while that does it for our review of Mercy Rule, that's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to make next week worth looking forward to. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. God's, God's not, not dead. Dead. <laughs> do, do you have a little God's Not Dead 2 advent calendar at your apartment? Eli? Sure do, and it's filled with meatballs. <laughs> I have been waiting for this movie since before God's Not Dead 1 came out. <laughs> Whoa. This truly is, I mean, like, so much of the, like, planning for this show and everything was like, we gotta have something big going on by the time God's Not Dead 2 comes up. So, yes. And by the way, it is their decision. We didn't make them open this movie on April Fool's Day, but they're going to. Oh. And I will be at the premiere. I will be, I have my tickets. I, cause I got sold out for God's Not Dead 1, but not this one. The moment they went on sale, I bought them. I'm gonna be in a full theater full of Christians watching God's Not Dead 2. I can't wait. I, I, I cannot wait to see what they want me to text everyone by the end of this one. <laughs> so that Melissa Joan Hart's still looking pretty good. I just, oh, I, I just gotta Jesus. say. Mm. Clarissa mm. did not explain it all about not eating carbs after midnight. Jesus. <laughs> There's no chin there at all. It's just lips all the way down to cleavage. It's so fucked up. Lips down to lips. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> So with that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 32 to a merciful close. Once again, huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the link on the show notes to this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Don't you forget about me. Cody grew up to become a great baseball player and a better person. This was a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) What's not... Hazardous Waste lived happily ever after. Was too. The coach was eventually convicted of the brutal Green River killings. <laughs> <laughs> Living a great twist. I'm a pirate. <laughs> what was he doing? Like Pirates of Penzance? Who that the crazy. fuck knows? People punched him in the head for 12 years and he was like, I think Jesus came out the other side. And they were like, sure did, Boz Lerman or whatever the fuck your name is. Let's put you in a wig and have you kick Ronda Rousey in the face. 